This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 147, and I am your host, Adam Bell. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Doing. <laughs> You're doing. I am doing. You are doing. Well, good. Indeed. It's good to see you today. I missed you last week. Maybe the week before. Stuff happens. I don't remember. We're yeah. busy. The, the lines between business and personal blur together, and sometimes they, they just make you busier. So mm-hmm. that happened. Well, it's been a long time, but we have a guest today. We ha- it has been a long time. Now, to be clear, it's been a long time since we have had a guest. Because we've never had this guest on the show. <laughs> yes. To, yes. We've never had Cameron. So welcome, Cameron, to the show. Hello. Cam- Greetings. Cameron Mason is with us. She's with uh, Target Mixed Marketing. And she's an expert in everything. Oh, well. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you, believe, you, you, you. You don't believe that? <laughs> Well, uh, you, well, actually, your your wife coined me the marketing chameleon, and I've taken that with me, and I do tell all my clients about that. Like one, it is has been said I'm a marketing chameleon, um, so th- I got to give credit to her for coming up with that. Okay, well, I'd seen that. I actually saw that in some of your publications, so now I know that it's been immortalized from my wife. Thank you, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> All right, Peter. So what's been happening? What has been happening? Um, I've been really busy. <laughs> you look a little more tan, at least from your neck up. Yes, I, uh, I'm actually more tan from more than just the neck up. Um, I have been biking and kayaking and running and doing yoga outside because we had a nice long string of sunny weather. Mm-hmm. So got a little bit of color and uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, liked I liked your last year's picture where you, it, you took your shirt off and it still looked like you had a shirt on. I mean, <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah, that was when I was biking out to the tip of Cape Cod, Cape Cod uh, last September. I remember that. And uh, yeah, I was wearing nothing but a, you know, a camelback and a uh, tank top the whole time. And when I got there, like it was deep, dark brown and nice white stripes there. It was like, it was whew, not flattering. I don't look like that right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to say I could take the shirt off, but this isn't that kind of podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, Cameron said she's not going to cuss the whole time she's on the podcast. And if she does, we have a beep button tone that we don't like to use, but we can't. <laughs> but we can. I my best. I try my best. <laughs> I generally don't make, make Adam. I'll, I'll, I'll usually have Adam like stop recording if I need to really start to vent on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
I have a feeling though that if it if the podcast weren't with me in the South, Peter would probably cuss a little more than than what we do. You're bleeping right, I would. <laughs> yeah. Did you? I'm from Boston. <laughs> you know, you know how people talk around here. <laughs> Why do you have to cuss all the time? What the blank are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blank him cuss. <laughs> Shut the blank up. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to hold it in. I've been told like you're so small. How does how does those words come about that small mouth? How <laughs> things come out of uh, such a small woman? And I like to say it's a it's a strength, not a weakness. <laughs> yeah, it is a feature. Yeah, I've been embarrassing my mom since ninety uh, one. <laughs> Good, good. Strong words. Strong words. Yeah. yeah going to family events, her saying to me, no, no bad jokes. Please do not say anything inappropriate, Cameron. Please hold it in. And that's when I was like five. So what I could have been saying since then, I have no idea. <laughs> inside voice, inside voice. Mm -hmm. Hands in pockets and don't speak. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. So what, what else you got going on? Uh, Work-wise? Mm -hmm. uh, lots of it. Um, lots of it. Yeah, the hospital is keeping busy as we roll out a new and different EDR solution. Mm -hmm. um, my job as the CISO for that uh, fintech startup is starting to kick into high gear, and I've got two new projects I just took over from them along with uh, next round of SOC 2 compliance audits, which are starting in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as luck would have it, this would coincide perfectly with me starting my second to last uh, class before finishing my degree. And it happens to be with the only professor that I've had so far who really makes you work and think. Because mm -hmm. all these had to happen at the same time. <laughs> along with beautiful weather making me want to do anything but work yeah right so yeah so time is compressing well and peter is working on he's finishing up how how long has it been on this degree well i started well technically i'm finishing my bachelor's degree and um because i never got around to finishing it i went right into the workforce after getting a couple of associates so i resumed work on this in 2019 took a couple of classes, um, left that engagement with the hospital, started as the security operations and threat intel manager for more than a minor little dot-com security company that you've doubtlessly heard of, but shall remain nameless on here because they suck. Um, decided after a few months, I didn't want to do that. But while I was off on that interim, I dropped out uh, or I didn't drop out. I just hit pause on studies. And uh, so then I resumed again uh, just about a year ago. So started in 2019, but technically started this process in 1990. <laughs> it's only been about 31 years. Take. I took a gap decade or two in between them. It was a gap decade. That's yeah. good. Took a couple. I, I was a little different than most than traditional students. I took two gap decades. <laughs> yeah. So I've got uh, uh, 
one of my new clients, we're getting rid of, rid of the .com that will not be mentioned. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And good for them too. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, so did you know that Cameron is famous? I did not. I, I thought there was probably, um, besides the fact that she's with Target Mixed Marketing, I figured you might do a little more to introduce your guest. I'm like, I didn't want to be presumptuous, but since I don't really, I met her about five minutes ago, I figured I'd let you handle the intros. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, Cameron? Well, I uh, am not famous, so uh, <laughs> I'm very much... I found you on internet, so it's true. <laughs> I'm on the internet, so it's a big deal. Um, so yeah, I uh, started Target Mix Marketing um, in 2017 as just a little side hustle. But in uh, September of last year, I decided to go full time with it uh, as I nurtured and grew it to a, a level where I could take that jump. Uh, which led me into this wild and crazy year or ending actually of last year, which for everyone I'm sure was an absolute breeze. Uh, so um, yeah, target mix marketing. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, my, my bread and butter is promotional products, swag, uh, putting your brand in clients hands. That's what we like to do. And that's our tagline. Uh, but then there's a new operating uh, sector, which is, uh, trying to find a solution to any of your marketing needs. This could be consulting, strategy sessions, a uh, little bit of delegation uh, to help offset some of your needs. Um, it could be creative services. Uh, we have a really, uh, between me and my assistant, we are quite talented at the design aspect of things. Uh, so content creation, brochure design, logo design, and then I just added a uh, team as well onto my team. So they're engaged. They're soon to be married. But they specialize in website, SEO, digital ads. So they are filling in this huge gap that um, I couldn't do because that's not a talent of mine. But it is one of the most popular and one of the most in-demand questions we get. So uh, I keep them busy with leads on their end as well. Uh, so there's uh, four of us. Uh, we're, we're little, but we get a lot done and they're all just absolutely fantastic. And I love them to pieces. Um, and yeah, so in a nutshell, if I'm a marketing chameleon, man, if you need it, I probably, if I can't do it, I have no someone or I'll try my best to find them a solution for their marketing needs. So do you have like a niche, like an ideal, if you were going to say, what would be your ideal client? What would your ideal client be? Yeah, right now, uh, apart from the website design part, because that can that's its own unique thing, uh, I try to help those businesses that do not have either the uh, budget to hire a full-time marketing position or even to one of the large marketing firms like down in downtown, those big ticket marketing firms. Um, or those that maybe not even, they can't even hire part-time positions. Uh, those that are needing just a little bit of extra help um, for their budget or finding some sort of solution for their budget. I can say through all of my clients, nobody pays a godly high amount and none of them have the same budget nor none of them have the same needs. So uh, helping the small businesses, um, the locally owned, those, those um, 
local force is trying to help them find their voice and help customers find their brand and uh, build relationships with them. I would say that would be my target niche. Um, so, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what did you go to college for? Okay. So I went to <laughs> Western Kentucky University um, for, I got my bachelor's in uh, strategic marketing up there. And mm-hmm. I love Kentucky. I always had moved back to Kentucky if I could. It's just such a beautiful state. And uh, compared to Nashville real estate prices right now, it's definitely something. <laughs> um, and as as you know, Adam, with the horse riding career, um, that's definitely something I would have loved to have stayed up there near. Um, so, yeah, I graduated in 2013 with my bachelor's of uh, strategic marketing. And then the very next like weeks, I graduated on a Saturday and that Monday I started working at a branding firm down in Brentwood, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. We didn't learn about promotional products in college. <laughs> in college, they prepared you to, everyone's going to graduate and become a, a CMO with like Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble. Like that's how they taught us. And you, so, you're going to be Don Draper. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> when you get into the real world and you're like, okay, so none of these large scale ideas and not every, there's not so many moving parts in these businesses anymore. You got to really rethink how you're communicating and uh, how you're getting your message across and those strategies that you want to place in front of people. Um, so I worked for this branding company. It's called Geiger, Geiger Brothers. And I absolutely loved working there. Um, and that's who I sell with now. So um, they're just, they've been rated like best place to work. And they're one of the largest family owned distributors in the United States. So with that came big accounts. Um, and again, little, little me, I have no idea what I was doing. I was thrown in uh, to huge accounts to assist on like uh, Warner Music, Blake Shelton, um, new, new, new artists like Marin Morris when she first came out, Washington Capitals, Tennessee Titans, Nashville Predators, huge accounts. Delta mm-hmm. Airlines was one, Tractor Supply, Corporate was one. And so um, when Blake Shelton asked for 10,000 hand fans in the shape of his face in like a week, <laughs> you learn real fast that it's either sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I, I learned how to communicate with both parties. Mm-hmm. So end user and with the manufacturer, because if both people are happy, then my job goes a lot easier. So I learned about negotiating and customer service, obviously. Uh, and it was just a fantastic job, mm-hmm. but it was down in Brentwood, which as you know, Adam is from where we live is like an hour commute. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's, uh, I couldn't do that commute anymore. So like 30 miles, but still an hour to get there. But yeah, Peter yeah. lives in Boston. 30 minutes is a two hour drive for him. I was going to say 30 miles in, in, a, in an hour. That's uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was spending about three hours a day in my car every day and it took a serious toll on my mental health and it just wasn't a good as much as I love the company, did not enjoy sitting in my car. And I listened to every single podcast. I listened to every type of music. I called every single family member, my second, third removed, twice removed cousins. 
you name it, I probably called on them. Um, so I found a, a corporate marketing position up closer to home. That was with a, a mortgage company and that where I remained. Um, that was in 2017. And because I was in this marketing position, I was still getting a ton of questions about promotional products, especially mm-hmm. how it goes. Um, they said, oh, you used to work with swag? Well, do you know your contacts so we can order some? And I was thinking, hey, I could get a lot of credit for this. So I joined Geiger as an independent sales uh, contractor uh, in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then uh, over the next few years of working in the corporate mortgage world, my client base started growing. Um, and I really tried to just stick within that niche of promotional products only because I didn't have the time to really dedicate anything else. I did a couple logo designs. I did a couple of graphic design work as needed. Um, and then that was just moving and growing, just steadily doing its thing. Um, now, in my full-time job, my corporate job, I like to say I was kind of in some indirect way being trained uh, for my job now because um, in the mortgage company I worked for, all real estate agents received complimentary uh, marketing advice and marketing consultations. So I was doing a lot of strategy sessions with uh, these third parties. I was doing a lot of classes and hosting classes. I was doing a lot of public speaking at our events that we put on um, and putting, helping our affiliates find a plan for success that worked for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thrown into this like teacher style I saw a multitude of different types of personalities and situations. And, um, and in the long run, that that's what helped me get stronger and develop these skills to take on multiple clients at one time. So that was fantastic. Loved the job. Um, but in 2020, just the golden year, that's what I like to call it. Everyone just, it was a great year for all of us. Um, 2020, I had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 started, uh, and <clears throat> I was really trying to, in January, I was really trying to amp up my brand of Target Mix Marketing because it was growing, and I started seeing it materialize into something more. Um, so I ramped it up. I rebranded my logo. I ordered my own swag. I started planning my own events and how I was going to you know, place my imaging and, and place my brand digitally and physically, all that fancy stuff. COVID hit <laughs> and uh, couldn't go anywhere, could do anything, which was okay. And my, my promo sales did go down, obviously, because people don't need to pass out swag in a pandemic, <laughs> uh, which was fine. Uh, luckily, it's, it's always just been a side income, so I was okay. But then in February, I for those past few months, I was helping my family take care of my grandmother who was on hospice grandmother passed away in february happens bless her she's in a much better place i have her house plants whatever (laughs) great (laughs) and then we let's move on a little bit farther my marriage was falling apart this is when things start getting real humble here so um adam you might want to get your tissues (laughs) um so uh back in 2019 my marriage was falling apart. It just happened. 
And mind you, I just got married <laughs> and we didn't even make it into two years of marriage. And um, it, I didn't realize it. But at the time when grandmother is sick and all these things were happening, I did go to therapy and I'm a huge advocate for mental health therapy, finding uh, people to help you get through things that maybe you just don't think about. And um, I, I love my therapist. She's my, one of my best friends. Um, I didn't realize at the time that I was in a very abusive relationship because in my mind, abuse was someone who put their hands on you, someone who pushed you around and that wasn't happening. So I just thought I was okay, but I was in this really horrible situation where I was told, um, what to wear. You're not fit enough. If you don't do this, I will leave you. If you look this way, you aren't good enough. I don't know if I love you. I don't like, so these things were going on. Mm -hmm. I was very alone. I was very uh, depressed. Uh, my grandmother died. I had no friends because you're not allowed. I wasn't allowed to see friends, but I wasn't allowed to be in love. Um, so that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then a few months after that, my boss came to me at this corporate level job I'm at. And he said, you don't excite me anymore. And that was a stab in the gut. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I mean, my, my husband also said, you don't excite me anymore in, a, in an indirect way. But then my work husband, in a sense, uh, also said this to me. And it was a, he literally said that, you don't excite me anymore. And as an employee, or just as anyone in general, I don't know how you bounce back from that. I don't know how you earn trust back from something like that mm -hmm. um, because that, that sets, I think it sets the employee up to try to be performing and over, over exciting. And, and, and that can get really exhausting right. And in marketing anyways, is a position where you have to come up with creative ideas. Mm -hmm. It's not a ritualistic position. You are constantly trying to come up with new ideas and new strategies and if senior management doesn't agree with it, you got to start all over again. Right. So it can be very exhausted. I was getting burnt out in what I was doing. I wasn't finding value in what I was doing. So I just went super, super dark, dark ages. Um, so and my, which as the plague was going on in, in the world, um, mm -hmm. I couldn't go nowhere, didn't know what to do. Um, and so he put me through this training, this retraining to marketing training. Cause apparently my marketing wasn't the good marketing, but he, so he retrained me to do a different type of marketing. And it was this odd, odd process of um, how to even talk to a person. Like you need to address them. Like your, your uh, what's the word? your peer, your elders, you know, mm -hmm. you can't talk to them like your friend. And I don't like that. I don't like working in a, a uh, workplace where I felt like I was on eggshells constantly. Every little thing I was doing was being scrutinized. I felt like, um, so they would, they said, we're giving you till September. This was April, May, maybe we're giving you till September. We're not saying we're going to fire you, but we're not saying we're going to keep you. 
But if we do keep you, we're reducing your pay because we don't think you deserve what you earn. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I, I mean, what do you say to that? That's so, the kind of place I want to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, went through, I, I was looking for jobs everywhere. I was looking under every, I was, I was prepared to go to Starbucks down the road. I was looking for every type of marketing job. And right now finding a job during a pandemic was just not happening. It's a very competitive market e anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't find anything. I couldn't get any bites, nothing on my resume. I was having a really tough time. Meanwhile, I was also getting divorced. <laughs> so um, I'm having to sell my house. It was my dream house. Had to get rid of it because um, he didn't want me to stay in it. If he couldn't keep it, I couldn't keep it. So I had the money from my divorce or not my divorce, the sell of my house. Um, so I had that in savings. And I was going through all this stuff and I had my clients start calling me back around September or so saying, okay, things are starting to get back to normal a little bit. So we're ready to ramp up our work, but also, can you do this for us? Can you also do this for us? A, B, and C and X, Y, Z. Um, and I was like, actually, you know what? If, if you're willing to pay me like maybe a contract basis, um, I, might could, I might could do that for you. And they were interested. And then, so I was like, okay, well, I think this could work. So I gave myself three months, three months of living on my savings um, that totally wouldn't deplete my savings, but then also would see if I could really make this happen. So I quit my job in September last year. And I said, all right, I woke up every single morning with a fire under my butt. I had so much ramen noodles. I can't even tell you how much ramen I ate during that time. Um, but I woke up and I was like, okay, I've got to find a contract. I've got to get something that I know for the next six months or one year, I know I have income coming in and I know I can make this work. And it doesn't need to be a lot. I just need to have my mortgage and my bills paid. That's it. I don't, I don't need clothes. I don't need anything fancy. You know, my parents will feed me. So I got that covered. <laughs> like I still got my parents still take me out. But as long as my bills are paid, that is success for me. So and one month later, after doing a lot of networking and, and calling on people, uh, I got my first marketing contract and it was a, just an absolute blessing. And, um, so since then I've had, um, just I, I, then the next month, another contract came in and then another con contract came in. And so, but then also promotional products was going back up again and then promotional products and then. Uh, other uh, one-off meetings, uh, all this started just adding up and just I have a lot of people saying, oh, I know you're on your own now. So can you come help me? And I was like, absolutely. I have all the time in the world to dedicate to marketing now. So fast forward to now, um, what is eight months or so? Uh, I have three people under me on my team. And I've tripled my income <laughs> and um, I have an actual LLC to my name and I just turned 30 last month. So I give absolute every single uh, blessing to God because I, I mean, I just do. Um, if you really pray about it, I think things good can happen for you. Um, but 
yeah, in a nutshell, I know that was a very long nutshell, <laughs> but um, that's, that's how my past year has gone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, I mean, follow that up. The last year has been a pretty big nut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing has been a pretty big nut. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing, you know, you had, you definitely had some hard parts through there. I recently, uh, I'm chewing on a quote by Mike Rowe and I don't even know that Mike Rowe actually said it, uh, but it was a meme with him and he was, it was really about substance abuse. He was saying that, um, people who abuse substances, whatever it is, you know, they are, they are not experiencing the pain. Mm -hmm. And so people won't make changes. So you're described. So it's really for a lot of things, not just substance abuse, but uh, whatever you're experiencing, if you just find ways to cope with the pain and not make changes, you'll never make changes and you'll keep living Mm -hmm. in the pain. So, so it's really, you know, it's inspiring to move out of that. Yeah. And if, if one thing, and, and not that I have a story, I'm only, again, I'm only 30 years old. I can't have too much of a novel here. <laughs> but if there is one thing that I advice that I could give to people is when you remove one negative rotten seed from your life, you don't realize how deep those roots actually grew into your life and how it affected so many other areas of your life. So by removing one bad seed, one rotten tree from my life, I opened up space that I didn't even know that I had and replaced it with so much more positivity. Mm-hmm. And then I removed another bad seed in my life. And then, so if you just take one little negative aspect out, you, you won't realize it until you do how much positivity can fill in that spot. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like fat is bigger than muscle or what's, what's that? Fat weighs more than muscle. Something muscle like weighs that. more than fat. Yeah. But it's leaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it's kind of like fats taking up all the space on your body. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it until you see the, the actual trim, you know, you know, the little jiggly things the doctors show you <laughs> yeah. like that was inside of me. That's the, that's, that's the, at the, what I hope people can do. You mm-hmm. may not realize that this one, uh, you know, yeah, my marriage isn't doing great. Well, my marriage wasn't doing great. So I got rid of that. Oh my gosh. I feel so much better. I have so much positive mental energy to put into growing my business now. And then, oh, I quit my my bad job. Oh my gosh! Look at all this pros- Look at all this potential that could come on in this world. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that people really try to, you know, a lot of people try to be martyrs in their life, um, serving their family, you know, being a slave in their relationship or whatever it may be. Go after that dream. Make it work. I'm not saying. Jump off of a bridge because I jumped off a bridge. Plan smart. Have a plan B. I had a plan B and a plan C. It's okay. <laughs> but you have to you have to take those first steps. Cause if you don't, in 20 years, you're gonna be just sad, if not even more sad than you were where you are now. Mm-hmm. So 
so one of the things that I wrote down uh, for for well, I don't know if Peter read the the notes or not, but uh, he maybe he has had a moment. So I was thinking about what would it. So what would Peter have told himself if he was one year into business, like you are one year into business? What would he have told himself? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I'm excited to hear this one. <laughs> what would I have told myself? Um, oh boy, that's hard to say. Um, charge more. <laughs> charge more, definitely. Charge more and um, trust your gut. So you you mentioned jumping off a bridge, you know, like I'm not sure I would jump off a bridge, but I guess if my gut told me that was the right, like, Okay, so on my regular runs, like today, I cross a bridge, and if I saw a Mack truck barreling in my direction, I would probably jump off the bridge into the water rather than get hit by the Mack truck. So, you know, maybe I'd jump off a bridge. It would depend. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, trust your gut. Um, Adam and I, we met through a program that uh, I think it's serving him really well. It served me not nearly as well, and it kind of derailed my business and it never really felt right to me and that was one of those instincts where i instances where i did not trust my gut and i veered off in the wrong direction so trust your gut and charge more that's what i would have done <laughs> sorry adam if she starts charging you more now it's my fault <laughs> not to your existing client base don't do that yeah, <laughs> yeah and i was thinking about for life i was thinking about mine and, you know, there were there were more than just one thing, uh, but I, I would agree with with what you said and more along the lines of not just uh, trusting your gut, but also trusting yourself in the service that you're providing has more value than you are charging for it, yeah. uh, whether you, you you whether you know it or not. Um, so, um, yeah, never be afraid of that. The other part of the thing, which it sounds like you have gotten a lot of good things is I wish that I had worked for an IT company before I started my own IT company. Uh, and you've got a lot of that experience. I was, all, I was in IT. I knew more than, I mean, I was at the highest level. I mean, not the highest level, but I was very high level in my career as a system engineer and architect. I knew computers, but I didn't know how to run a business. <laughs> so, so being a student uh, that those first years and, and setting pride aside of what I, what I know, um, I, that's a big one is, is setting. I, I would say that pride and idealism were my biggest hindrances in the early years. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, I'm learning that, yes, I'm a marketing chameleon, but that does not mean that everybody's a good fit. That doesn't mean I can do, I'm not going to be right for just everybody. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It doesn't mean I failed at mm -hmm. what I do. It doesn't mean I'm not good at what I do. It just means that it's not a good fit. And that's okay because it makes room for something else to come in. Have you ever read Mike McCallowitz's Pumpkin Plan? Yeah. <laughs> it is a good entrepreneurial book. It is a it is about the premise 
and of course he goes into greater detail. The premise is you have one bucket of water and you have a whole bunch of pumpkins in your garden. Some of them are really healthy and growing well. Some of them are scrawny and, you know, they're not going to yield much. So with this limited amount of water, which ones should you water? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a good one. I love a good analogy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I've, and I've learned that uh, it, if I'm not a good fit for everyone, yeah, I've also learned that a good analogy, I guess, would be, <clears throat> excuse me, you could be the biggest, juiciest, ripest peach in the world, but uh, you're still going to find someone in there that says, I hate peaches. Yeah. So, I'd um, rather have an apple. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And that's okay. And that's all right. Because there's a lot of other people that do like peaches and I'm a Georgia girl. So I got to stick with that analogy. <laughs> cool. Well, all right. So I got some easy questions for you. Uh, are you, are you a Mac or a PC girl? I'm a Mac. <laughs> Why? Well, I love my iMac. I love my iMac. It's so big. <laughs> and airdrop. FaceTime just makes my life a lot easier, more convenient. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we're not, we're not anti-Mac. Oh, okay. I'm on, we're, we're on my Mac right now. Peter, uh, Peter and I uh, are Apple, Apple mm. advocates. I I advocate's kind of a strong word. We like Apple for the most part. Uh, but yeah. there's all, right here. yeah, but from a business standpoint, <laughs> just because we like the tool, doesn't mean it's the best tool to use in all situations. Like the Apple watch. If I were a deep sea scuba diver, that'd be a bad watch for that. <laughs> yep. <Right. laughs> a little bit with like outlook and stuff like Microsoft word. And I don't have those on here, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, can we just do it on Google docs? <laughs> yeah. Every self-respecting businessman should be running Linux on the desktop. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I've also had my my MacBook since uh, 2012, and mm -hmm. I mean, when you turn it on, it does sound like you're you're cranking up a lawnmower. But <laughs> I'm not I'm not letting her go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I like my MacBook Pro. It's powerful. My only complaint about it is it is a little big and. Uh, I've worked around the compatibility issues, uh, but I have a virtual machine with windows on it so that I can deal with the compatibility issues, but such is life. <laughs> so, well, one thing, well, we're, we're quickly running out of time, but, uh, you could have been a horse riding pro, right? Yeah. I almost <laughs> left my junior year of college to go to jockey school. Uh, my mom pitched a royal fit, so I stayed in actual real college. <laughs> well, Peter, you can't tell how tall she is. How tall are you? Five foot. Five foot. She is perfect jockey height. <laughs> Actually, right here's my saddle and all my stuff. Y'all just can't see it. <laughs> I saw the edges, the little, like the buttons there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now it's just a hobby? Just a hobby. Well, I would say it's probably more than just a hobby. What, whatever the next level, it's it's a very you're very enthusiastic because you still ride, right? And yeah. you, 
Because you do jumping, right? Yeah, hunter jumpers, but I'm trying to get out of hunter jumper and just doing just show jumping. Or I love the idea of cross country, which where you're out in the open and you're just running and jumping logs and fox hunting, you know, something like really cool like that. I have my like my cup of tea before in the morning, like they do in England. <laughs> have your hot toddy right yeah, afterwards. Wear my tweed suit, you know, I can do all that. <laughs> but it's not happening on what I have. What I, I like to compare my sis, who's my horse. I like to say she's kind of like a 97 Corolla. <laughs> like she's just, <laughs> she does what she can. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's efficient, fun. You know, you can take her out with your friends and don't push her. Don't push her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so cool. Uh, so one last other question. What would you do if you had all the money that you needed to do what you wanted to do? Like money were not an object. What what would you do in life? Um make up uh, pay back my family or pay back my mom for all the sacrifices she made for me uh, there's not enough money for that <laughs> I know. Pay her back for my, uh, she was one of those single moms working two jobs you know uh, <laughs> so pay her back and in, with interest then pay off my sister because she helped raise me while my sister my mom was working those two jobs <laughs> um buy a huge farm and then uh help save the rainforest <laughs> how about you peter yeah that's um i would uh, i would work less i would still work because i like projects and i want to you know do things but i would probably do different things probably probably teach more yoga take another you know stay taking like one class at a time, always learning, mountain bike more, probably cross country, you know, like do a cross country bike track or some sort. Mm -hmm. I want to have huge fancy aspirations. Then maybe also. And now that you mentioned that, it like gets me thinking back to the four, you know, are within our grasp, but we sort of put them up on pedestals out of reach. Uh huh. So just something to think about. <laughs> What were you starting to say, Cameron? Oh, uh, but maybe also a lot of like high heels. <laughs> I know y'all can't relate maybe to that part, but lots of Gucci, maybe a little Louboutin, maybe something like that. <laughs> well, I think for me, what I well, the first thing I would do uh, is I'd like to take a month of rest. <laughs> I'm really tired, kind of, kind of tired right now. Uh, but I think after that, I, cause I like to do mission trips. Um, I would like to be able to do, you know, kind of longer term missions and, and be able to spend time more relationally. Uh, be, yeah. Cause we go, we go to, I go to Mexico and we'll, we'll do a project and we'll work with a, with the church down there. And I like, I like doing the work with them. That's good, but that lasts about two weeks. So I'd like to have like a month, a short term, you know, go on a mission, short term mission trips around the world where I've got these friends in other countries and, uh, you know, I can hang out with them as well as do work with them and just have a better uh, long term relationship. That's what I'd like. <laughs> so 
I would like to do some, I would like to do plenty of recreational travel too, though. Mm. <laughs> All right. So there was one other thing. What was I going to say? Oh, well, must've, must've been a lie. <laughs> All right. So we are, you have a nifty Peter. I do have a nifty. So I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast before, um, but uh, I, well, we have discussed that I watch YouTube stuff because I paid for YouTube premium. So rather than sitting down for like two or three hours of television or movies every night, I sit down for two or three hours of YouTube a night instead, which is way better. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but um, I subscribe to a number of different channels on YouTube. And, you know, they're usually they're five to 10 minutes long. So if I want to get a little bit of screen fix, but not sit there for ages, I can. One of the shows that I like to watch is called The Hot Ones. And it's a guy named Sean Evans who does interviews with celebrities while they're eating spicy chicken or vegan wings. <laughs> and uh, they, every year, they sell all of the hot sauces that they use in the lineup. So like for each season, everyone eats 10 wings and they have 10 different sauces. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just broke down and bought season 10 and uh, so now I have, uh, sorry, season 15. So I have all 10 of the hot sauces they're going to use all the way from basic, you know, think like Frank's Red Hot style, mm -hmm. all the way up to what they call the last dab, which is the hottest thing on the menu. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I'm hoping to do soon, not this weekend, but sometime in June, July, I'll be having uh, like a, a wings party. And uh, it'll be a nice post-COVID thing, have folks over, and people, most likely people will just watch me go through the torture of, you know, ramping up through the, the hot ones. So, but yeah. uh, I, what I did is I post a link to the hot ones. So if you are a hot sauce lover, you know, 800 degrees hot chicken, go right ahead. So Peter was in Nashville and we, he recorded him eating the, the hot, as, it wasn't it was 800 degree hot chicken well the the, the restaurant was 400 degrees 400. Hot chicken yeah 400 degrees hot chicken but they had an 800 which was yeah. doubling the heat and and i had the mild i said i want i want the the sissy version that's what i want <laughs> and and they gave me the sissy version and peter had the 800 and and he ate it and it's it's on video and it's out there on youtube and his face is kind of he's like yeah yeah i can feel it this is hot but he i mean i was eating my little sissy 200 and sweating and 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 i and i ate it all and my not to go into detail my stomach was upset the whole next day yeah. and peter's like yeah i think i might have experienced what what you guys call heartburn last night, but, uh, but I, I kind of belched and then went back to sleep and I was like, yeah, good <laughs> for you. <laughs> Any spice at all. <laughs> I love spice. I love, I love, well, I like it to taste good. I don't like hot for hot sake. I like tasty hot. Um, so what I, I would say, kimchi and that's it. Like that's my, my, my max is spicy kimchi and that's it. Kimchi. Okay. Well, <laughs> 
the um, every year, I guess they do the uh, the Paki one chip challenge. Mm-hmm. I did it a few years ago, and it made me hiccup a little bit. I definitely turned a little bit red. Um, friends and I did that uh, this year's version, and it was barely tolerable. It was really bad. It was way more than 800 degrees hot chicken. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> oh gosh. So, oh, yeah. You done the ghost pepper? Oh, yeah. Ghost, scorpion, uh-huh. etc. Ghost, scorpion combo. I wouldn't say fine. They tend to be hot, uh-huh. but I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like looking at those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not over here. <laughs> Again, I'm only five foot, so like I'm I'm pretty sure that would just I would just implode. <laughs> yeah. Like this final tap where they're like, all that was left was a little green smudge on a seat. That would be pretty- <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cool. So we'll, we're approaching the top of the hour. Um, we will wrap up. Do, do you have any, uh, anything that you can say to us in Korean before we wrap up the show? Oh, no. On the spot. Uh, just. Uh, <laughs> and that means. Uh, that go in peace. Okay. <laughs> Very good. You want to take us out, Peter? I will take us out. Um, but before we go, if you'd like to find us, mm-hmm. you can find us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can find Adam at sublimecomp.com and on Twitter at sublimecomp. You can find me all over the place. I'm, geez, you can't spell my name, but if you can figure out how to spell Nicolaitis, I'm Nicolaitis on Twitter. I'm also at Nicolaitis.com and yogawithpeter.com and paradigmconsultingcompany.com. And friendswithbeer.com. And friendswithbeer.com, the newest podcast that is sort of like a spinoff of this one, kind of cursorily related to this and also several others I've done with my friend, Scott Wilsey. And of course, Target Mix Marketing. Uh, where's the best way to find you, Cameron? Targetmixmarketing.com and Target Mix Marketing on social media. Perfect. On that note, it's time to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.